everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful fall time in Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Mark, sitting in for Frank. Yes, you are, and I'm Dan, and I'm just me. Just sitting. I almost made the same joke I made last time, but that would have been recycling of jokes. Yeah, you gotta keep it fresh, baby. People are all about recycling, but boy, you tell the same joke twice and they're on you like crazy. You're like Buddy Hackett, you know, just same old joke every week. I don't know what that's a reference to, but I believe you. Buddy Hackett? Well, I know who Buddy Hackett on, is. Baby. Did he make the same joke every Well, week? you know, he's one of those Borscht Belt kind of guys. Oh, sure. It's like, ah, take my wife. Please. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, there you go. Um, coming up today, we're going to be talking about your group. Our group. We're going to be talking about groups. Yep. And uh, and uh, in-group versus out-group people and... Uh, groups. What are they and how do they work? <laughs> we'll, just, we'll explain what a group is. Yes. That's, that's going to be great. Because if you're listening to a podcast, you probably don't belong to a group. <laughs> You've never... You're a lonesome fellow. You're just alone somewhere in the world, floating through space. All right. So anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about... Uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it. We'll, I promise it'll be interesting, though. It's a freewheeling discussion. We'll be... Uh, There'll be role-playing. Yeah, sure. There'll be characters. Yeah. I'll do an accent or two. Some old, some new. It'll be great. Yeah, we'll but that's see. that's later on. You don't get to hear that now. We'll see. We'll save that joy for uh, the end of the show. Yes. Uh, for now, I'm, I'll start us off. I'm yep. going to launch us. Lay it on me, baby. Um, uh, this is an interesting thing. Uh, apparently... Uh, there has been a a significant, a precipitous uh, drop in religious giving over the past uh, several years. Oh, it's been it's been going down. Uh, it has not gone down this hard since the depression. This is not a drop in religious giving shit to people. No, because that's on the uptick. <laughs> that's that 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 you can never get enough. You're talking of. about generosity. Charity. I am. Sharing of goods and services and monies. Yeah, this, this is what I'm talking about. Uh, apparently, per member giving mm. uh, as a percentage of income yeah, uh, has, has declined for the fifth time in six years. Hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like it's that huge a deal. It's like it fell from 2.51% in 2007 to 2.17% in 2013. I don't think we have... Huh. Up to date in uh, numbers, and this is U.S. America. Yes, yes. In, here in these United States, according huh. to uh, Empty Tomb Inc., which is a Champaign, Illinois-based research organization. <laughs> Empty Tomb Inc. So it's clear it's Christian. Yeah, they must be. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's. A, I just thought that that was an interesting thing. I mean, fewer and fewer people are religious, so that's gonna uh, that that's gonna account for a lot of that. That could contribute. Uh, and also, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, the, here's the thing. The religious claim philanthropy yeah. as sort of their deal. Yeah. That, I, I mean, you see all these pew polls where like, they'll say, you know, 73% of American giving goes to groups with religious ties because religion, and it's really more like, well, what other groups are there? Right. You know, do we have, and, and also like you can't, the other thing is like they, 
churches consider tithes to be phil- philanthropic. Which is balderdash. Which is nonsense. Yeah, it's balderdash. So if you take the membership dues out of that figure, who yeah. knows what it would look like? Well, and they don't have to report, so... Right. So who knows? But it, what's interesting about that is in the past few years, unemployment has gone down considerably. Uh, the economy's on the uptick. Yeah. So something else must be... Yeah, this isn't the root of it. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, that period of time is sort of when the economy really had some struggles, but it seems to be continuing downward. And that's actually Hmm. a really big deal. Very interesting. Yeah. So uh, there's some churches that are going to be in trouble. We're going to start. I mean, actually, we've seen the close of some mega churches and some some things recently. And the Catholic Church is struggling. They're yeah, they're, they're closing some some churches too. Well, they're directing a lot of their finances towards something else. A lot of their churches are closing. <laughs> what? Because the priests have some wandering hands. Well, you know that does tend to happen. Did you see that there was a? Uh, I think the statistic I saw was like three billion dollars so far in payouts really by the catholic church they've tried to keep it secret but some investigative reporter kind of accumulated everything they could find wow and it's in, it's it's into the billions and Holy continuing crap yeah well i mean <laughs> wow literally my brain i'm like shuffling through the rolodex of jokes and like throwing out every single one that i have like I, i'm like well here's a good joke nope can't make that one here's a good joke no it's not funny to make you can't make that much explicit fun of pedophilia. Oh, it's- let's do it. You know, at, at, at <laughs> let's say at $5 a case, you know, yeah. that's so it's not really as isolated as you think. <laughs> if it's $5 a case, then no, it's not. Five to 10. Yeah. If it's about $5 a case, then I think I must have been molested by a, just statistically, yeah. I, I was molested by a Catholic priest. It, that would, yeah, it would probably be like half the world's population. <laughs> all of the, all of the, everybody. <laughs> If you, if you don't know about it, it's only because it happened in your sleep. Yeah. If you haven't been molested by a Catholic priest based on those stats, you are a Catholic priest. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it, yeah. Well, there you go. Congratulations, everybody, on being Catholic priests. And yay. Well, I don't know. Yay. Charitable donations going down. I don't know. Uh, not, I mean, I, I'm happy with like tithing going down. Yes. But and, and also like. God, you know, you think you want to support charities, but then it's like, we're going to go in and help the. You know, the victims of the Haitian earthquake. Yeah. And then they, you're like, okay, I'll give you money. And they're like, here, victims, a Bible. Yeah. And then, and then you're just like, I want my money back. And I'm, can I punch you in the nose? Yeah. Can unless, I do that? unless the Bible's made of food. Right. Exactly. Or medicine. It's, it's bullshit. A, it's a meat Bible. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> the meat Bible. You're welcome, Haiti. It's made of lamb. Well, should I? It's the lamb of God. Should I bring us closer to home? Please do. All right. So, yeah, it's been a week. Here in Zion, here mm. in Salt Lake City, and since the since the big announcement of the ho- horrible, hateful things, uh, yeah, since the uh, you were since the We Hate Babies campaign, yeah, since uh, Mormons kicked babies to the curb and down the storm drain, uh, the hits keep on coming, baby. Oh yeah, um, it turns out that a Utah judge ordered a same-sex couple to give up a foster child, says the baby would be better off with heterosexual parents, citing. Research. Ooh, good. Well, hey, research. That's yeah. It. But would not share or 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 name the research. Well, that's that's that may be a little more troubling. Yeah, I I think that we can safely assume this research can be traced back to uh, the Sutherland Institute to a real or... shit bird we've talked about on this show before, a guy named Mark Regnerus. Oh yeah, 
who claimed to have interviewed uh, over a thousand children raised by same-sex parents and that it was all negative. And it turns out he talked to, I think it was three mm. or it might have been one person right. raised by same. So it, it, uh, he was, he's lying. It's a, it's a, it, it, I mean, it's funny because as these courts were sort of making their way through the, uh, the, the, you know, or other, as these, as these, uh, what do you call the thing that goes to a court? Uh, the cases? Cases. Yes. <laughs> Going through the courts. Uh, they, you, we heard this guy's name come up a yep. lot. Yep. And then get immediately dismissed. Yeah. And as a matter of fact. Laughed out of the courtroom. And as a matter of fact, like, at one point, the Utah case, yep. uh, Kitchen versus Herbert, yep. uh, the the state had to, re- had to retract. Right. They had a filing about his thing and then like somebody pointed out oh by the way this makes you look like an idiot he's a you... fraud and so they ret- they actually literally retracted it right the, and, the state of utah and did. he was the uh, uh, imagine how crazy this is in all of the tumult about marriage equality he was the only study the only academic study that anybody was quoting on the on the opposing side right and there are ample studies on in the pro side right like, there's there's there is literally no academic study that says that there's any harm done by right. to a child by being raised by and it and it, the gays germane to this case um many studies cited children raised by two women by lesbian parents as having greater outcomes than the than the rest of the field right it's having statistically a little better so here are these two women that have two they live in price which is a a, a regrettable little town in the middle of the state, and that's probably why this judge is an asshole. Um, they had two children already that okay. they were raising, and this was a baby that had been placed with them uh, because the mother couldn't take care of it. And I think I can't remember how old the baby is. I'm looking right now, but baby age, one year old, one year old girl. Okay. They've had her for three months, and they said it's going great. Like they're happy to have her, and the baby's happy in the home, and the other children love the baby. Okay. The the guardian ad litem, if that's how you say that Latin, uh, good is, enough for me. And and division of family, child and family services are all very happy with the situation the baby's in, okay. and the mother. The biological mother. The biological mother who is in the process of signing away her rights to this child. For whatever reason, I don't know what her situation is. Right. She's happy with, with the placement of the baby. With these with these women. Yeah. Okay. Baby's happy. Foster parents happy. Real parent happy. State happy. Everybody. And along comes Judge Dick. Judge Doofus and- Mc. And orders this child in seven days, the guardian has to find a new home for this child and won't cite what research he has that he says is boilerplate. It absolutely says that they'd be better off with a heterosexual. And and he's just saying, uh, I don't care who they go to as long as they're not queer. Yeah. I don't care who this baby goes to. And Uh, one (laughs) has to wonder if he feels that he's got a little more cover for that abominable position because of... What the elders of his church basically have <sighs> said about queer parents. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's kind of amazing. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I, is it legal? Do, do you have you read anything that says whether or not that's a legal position for him to take? Well, I just read a headline that said <laughs> Governor Herbert of the state of Utah, yes, 
And I don't know if that's his first name or his last name. I think it's just one name. I think he's Herbert. Herbert. His name is Herbert. Yeah, he deserves to be just Herbert. Says he is puzzled by the ruling, but Herbert is puzzled by everything. Well, he's easily puzzled. He's easily puzzled. He's a he's, they don't let. There's no shiny objects in his office because he's pretty distractible. So, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm sure they're filing an appeal, um, and I definitely wish them the best of luck and hope that uh, this judge is sent to live with some queer parents. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. This is, that's ugliness. Yeah. But at least that child is now safe from that loving environment. Yeah. God bless him. Phew. Thank <laughs> Cri- God. Crisis averted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to take us all the way across the waters to Japan. Mm. Uh, so Japan... What, what 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 do you know anything about the uh, dominant religions of Japan? Well, um, I a little. I would guess Buddhism is a in in the top twenty. It yes, and I know that uh, and and Shinto That's belief right. I think is not Buddhist. Is that correct? That's correct. They are yeah. two different things. However, uh, my understanding is that most Japanese people identify as both Shinto and Buddhist. Oh, uh, they're they're bi religious. They are. Or, yeah. or at least by curious. Right. <laughs> um, so, so this this has sort of been this interesting arrangement, and like I think the deal is that uh, tradition traditionally uh, Japanese people have a Shinto wedding and a Buddhist funeral because like Buddhism's about oh. sort of the eternal and. And Shinto's about the present or whatever. It's, oh, that's very cool. Yeah. It's a very interesting sort yeah. of mix of things. Um, but it seems to be that uh, Buddhism is kind of going the way of the dodo over there. Well, I mean, I don't know that they ever had dodos in Japan. But if they did... No, those are in the Indian Ocean. They're gone. Yeah. From now. Yeah. And uh, and so... And Buddhism is... Uh, the Japanese are... It's going the way the samurai is what you're saying. Okay, fine. Yeah. Fine. Just improve it, my metaphor then. It was fierce for a while, but now <laughs> it's just kind of mostly in museums. Yeah, I don't know that Buddhism was that fierce, but maybe. Samurai were probably Buddhists. I so. mean, fierce in like it was... You know. <laughs> in, yeah. that, in that Abercrombie and Fitch sort of way. <laughs> yeah. Never uh, sword-wielding fierce. Although there are there is Buddhist violence. I there, think that's important absolutely, to point out. Yes. Absolutely. But it is, it's interesting... Um, it looks like uh, over the next 25 years, 27,000 of the country's 77,000 temples are expected to close. B- really? Buddhist temples? Yeah. In how long? 20 years? In the next, over the next 25 years. That's, so that's almost, what is that, a third? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, in that range, in that area. Sheesh. I don't do math. So is are they are they leaving Buddhism for something else or are they just kind of Uh it doesn't seem to be that it's that. It's just that they I mean Buddhism doesn't demand a lot of you in terms of like you know there's no there's no baptism into Buddhism or whatever to my knowledge. I don't know much about Zen. It doesn't seem like they have as many meetings as Mormons do. <laughs> right. But like there are these temples all over all over Japan that they're not able to sustain themselves. Wow. Even the funeral industry, which is you know sort of their big gig, right. is not is is not covering the costs. Huh. So, uh, so apparently the yeah apparently to hold a traditional funeral it's millions of yen, which is probably at least a hundred dollars. I don't know how that exchange works. <laughs> it's but probably more. It's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Everything in Japan is more. And so, uh, and so, so a, a lot of people can't afford it. So they're hmm. not doing the, the the traditional Buddhist ceremony. And so everything's just sort of gone a little squirrely over there with the uh, with the with the Zen. Huh. That's pretty so, crazy. Yeah. Uh the monks are apparently not pulling their weight. The we got destitute monks. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I got to say, you know, I I don't I don't weep for a world where monk and priest unemployment is high. Yeah, it seems it's although I feel like I would I feel like there's a space where I I would enjoy there to be a non-religious equivalent. Mm. People who we pay to be good thinkers. A, 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 you know, just sort of the town philosopher mm. or or philosophers. Well, you know, it's interesting we're talking about Japan right now because they have a bit of a program for that, which is they declare people national treasures. Oh, yeah. And then they, I don't know if, I think there's a, a stipend. I think there's, you know, maybe it's not an income, but it's a little, little. We'll pay, just keep treasuring it's and a, we'll, we'll pay you. It's a little langyap to kind of, you know, do your thing. And it's a lot of artists and poets and writers and, huh. and, um, yeah, I like that idea. I think that, that's a great I'm, idea. I'm all about that. Yeah. I, 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 I support that idea a lot. And I just, I just like the idea, like, I mean, maybe I'm getting very Alain Baton about the whole thing, <laughs> a little, a little atheism 2.0 here, but mm-hmm. I feel like we don't need to throw all of the baby out with the bathwater in, in terms of what religion has to offer. I feel like, you know, a lot of people have found benefit in weekly service from the uh, from the old, uh, you know, atheist community. So, I mean, so there are atheist services out there. I don't know that I would go if there was if there were a good one here. I might, but I I have enjoyed going to religious services where someone you know, someone who has trained. I don't Mormonism doesn't count in this, but like, <laughs> you, if you go, you know, if you go to. Um, you're the Unitarian Church and hear old Reverend Tom give a sermon and he's invoking Thoreau and he's invoking, you know, he's, you know, great thinkers throughout the history yeah. and, and, and he's just touching something human that means something to me. Sure. And I, and, and I think that that void could be filled in, in a secular way. And I, and, and yeah, so I, I, I think all of that is, all of that is possible without any religion. Yes, but, I agree. <clears throat> I agree. So I, so, but we've allowed religion to, to kind of cor- try to corner that market and, right. and fool people into thinking that only the profound only exists between these hours on Sunday in this building. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and it's only whatever they say it is. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. Anyway, uh, all right. You know, get your Zen while you can, because well, I'm going to bring us back uh, westerly ways. Yes, returning from Japan, but we're going to make a brief stop. Ooh. in the Galapagos Islands. Well, howdy do. Yeah, so this is cool. Um, this is this is the Galapagos by way of the the interpretation of the amazing mind of one Charles Darwin. So, I've heard of the, I've heard of him. It turns out uh, I just read a study from The Guardian that On the Origin of Species uh-huh. has been voted the most influential academic book in history. Wow. Yeah. That's cool, isn't it? Um, I I'll mean, re- I, yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, I'll read you a little bit of this, this article. It says, after a list of the top 20 academic books was pulled together by expert academic uh, booksellers, librarians, 
and publishers to mark the inaugural Academic Book Week. Oh yes, I I never I never miss academic. <laughs> never book miss. Week. I just go there to see an author crash. Oh, it's. <laughs> uh, the public was asked to vote on what they believed to be the most influential, with titles in the running including "A Vindication of the Rights of Woman" by Mary Wollstonecraft, George Orwell's novel 1984, and Adam Smith's The Wealth of Nations. Darwin's explanation of his theory of evolution was the public's overwhelming favorite, with 26 percent of the vote. It's. It's it had some influence that book, yeah. And one of the one of the uh, the academics who kind of put the list together said, yeah, absolutely, it is because it changed the way we think about everything. Yeah, right. And I think it probably was one of the things that helped to really codify the scientific method. Well, absolutely, uh, it did that, and it also like you know ruined everything for everybody. <laughs> It, it, it kind of like broke everyone's brain permanently for a while there. Yeah, I, I like how, you know, it was when it was published 100 years ago plus, and, and, and we're not still fighting about it. No, no. Thankfully, it's all settled. It's uh, all settled. We're, uh, we're all very uh, happy and, and free in our, in our acknowledgement of... The truth of it. Of the truth of, <laughs> yeah. of you know, evolution by natural selection. And, and, I, and you know, always my favorite... The thing to observe about it is how religious people who demand no proof for the Bible no. keep demanding further and further proofs of the truths laid out in on the origin of the species. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know if you've ever been to – I assume you're a, you're a widely traveled man. Yeah-ish. And uh, I, so I assume you've been to uh, Westminster Abbey in London. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, where Mr. Darwin is buried. Yes. And there's a there's – a, the, First of all, he's in a. He, I mean, he's in the uh, the sort of sciency seg- section. There's yeah, a, isn't is Isaac Newton there? I and, think Newton. Yeah. Well, Newton might be in a. I'm not sure who's there. There's a whole. There's a sciency section. A lot of sciency mm-hmm. people. But there's a there's a a, a a sort of. It strikes me as probably an apocryphal story, but but if you if you if you're standing, uh, sort of on one side of his grave, and you look to your right up on the wall. There's a little like devil guy, little decoration, and it's sticking his tongue out. And if you follow the tongue, it's pointing down to Darwin's Darwin. grave. So <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's. You a, know, he started life as a as a religious man. He wanted to be a country vicar. He ended life as a religious man. He never renounced his religion. Uh, I think that I think you're wrong. Really? Yeah, I think you're wrong. He did. In fact, a letter just sold at auction. A handwritten letter of his where he. Basically said he was not a believer. Huh. Yeah. Well, I could be wrong. I fully admit that as I claim no expertise. (laughs) There's going to be some email. Yeah. About Charles Darwin, man of God. Charles Darwin. Well, I mean, the thing is that he, I mean, at very least, he didn't, yeah, he was was a religious person. He went into this whole thing. He didn't go into it like... With the goal of disproving God or anything. Not at all. It, He's just like, hey, look at those finches. He, Have a, you guys noticed this thing about these finches? Yeah. And right. as a young man, you know, in, in the countryside, he liked uh, splicing. So he liked, um, you know, splicing rose species and flower species. Right. And, and I think that probably was a good foundation for, oh, things can change. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I can put this... Branch, this plum branch onto a peach tree, right? And it can still grow plums, right? What is that doing? What right? Are, what are we talking about here? Work. The environment can change something. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, that's uh, well. 
That's a, it was a book. It was a, it was a very influential book. Very. I, I, I don't know how you could argue against that. Uh, do you know what its competition was? Yeah. Uh, oh, I just closed the page, but it was <laughs> it was um, a brief history of time. Oh, it yeah. was uh, um, what was the name of Einstein's book on relativity? It was uh, the Prince by Machiavelli. Oh, uh, as I said, nineteen eighty four, uh, and some 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 ones I never read. Yeah, so they don't matter. So so who the fuck cares? Right, fuck it. My my, but the arts degree I dropped out of did not require. So strange. A lot of those deeper reads. So strange. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to move us on to um, uh, from from the 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 Galapagos Islands. I'm going to take us inward oh to our God. brains. <sighs> you know how we the got- archipelago of the self of the, of, the, of the you yes of what you are. Uh, so our it turns out that our brains are um, physical things that are subject to manipulation. Uh, from from physical forces, not what? just from uh, other people's emotional states. What? Um, there's a there's a, 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 a technique known as transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS, um, where they just shoot magnets into your brain. Apparently, from a gun. What? Well, a magnet gun? Oh, I mean, they don't shoot a magnet in. They but they shoot mag. They use magnets at you. Oh God. Okay, um, that's better. Yeah. And uh, and apparently, they use it now to treat depression. Hmm. Uh, and you know they're testing it for other things. What it can do, I guess, is uh, something along the lines. And you know, somebody listening is probably a neuroscientist, so they'll be able to correct us. Mm-hmm. But it does. It like can uh, it, you can target a specific part of the brain and make it slow down its functioning. Like you can make it oh. sort of not function. Much. I thought you were going. I thought this was going to be some Deepak Chopra woo. No, a woo machine. It's no, not. This, it, this, this is, is a thing. This is real science. Oh, we're doing real science. Oh, yeah. So well, then, why are we talking about it? Well, I'm getting there. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the things. So, so people who practice this noticed something. Apparently, there were reports, uh, and so they tested this. Uh, apparently. If they do if if they do this to a very specific part of the brain, it reduces religiosity. Oh my god. Um what they found is that uh let's see. But can I find oh. the part of the brain? The thing so what so they did a they did a study and they did they 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 gave one group of people actual treatments and another group of people fake treatments. And they uh they reminded people of death. Uh, as they're doing this, because apparently previous research has shown that people turn to religion for the com- for comfort in the face of death. Right. Even people who are sort of washy-washy or waffling on the whole idea. Uh, once death starts to come up, people are more inclined to start saying using believing terms. And they said that they found that uh, people, once they were uh, once they were subjected to this. Not only so, so yes, they were less likely to turn to belief, in, to to relig- religion mm-hmm. for comfort. Also, strangely, they were uh, more uh, they, they they had more compassion for like illegal immigrants. There's a there's a twenty eight point five percent increase in positive attitude toward immigrants. Um, they saw they said we saw a less negative, less ideologically motivated reaction. To uh, a critical author and his opinions. What? So, 
Can we mount this machine on aircraft and just fly over everything west of like Oakland and or everything east of Oakland and everything right. west of say you know DC? Well, part of what led me to this uh, to this research was somebody. Saw, and I wish I had it. I I have since lost this link, but some religious nutball was like really worried. That science, that right. this was a, a conspiracy right. of of atheist scientists to start taking away your Christian your Christianness by uh, zapping <laughs> you with the magnets. Well, I, I we're going to zap you I, with I'm, the magnets. I'm not totally averse to this conspiracy. <laughs> like even if even if we don't take it away, just turn it the fuck down. Like yeah, you know, take it off a high boil and just get it to a kind of hateful simmer i think we'd be a much better country yeah i i do think that and i think that that it could be a very good thing but what we don't want is for people to feel like we've uh we've zapped them into you know you what you i mean nobody would feel good about i've changed my position because someone fucked with my brain well that's why we don't tell anybody So we just drive around with it in a van and just broadcast into neighborhood. <laughs> just, just, just walk up and, you know, the black bag goes over, yeah. you know, Glenn Beck's head. And then it's just like... Brrr. Right. Or you're sitting there watching television and then all of a sudden all your forks stick to the window for a minute. And then... <laughs> that was weird. Well, I know it wasn't Jesus for yeah. some reason. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened. I'm very frightened. But I think I'm going to turn to science. That's a spectacular. Like that's so crazy. How specific? Right. Is it the amygdala? It is. Let's see. Um, the hippocampus. It's the corpus callosum. It's one. It's all of them. It's oh. in the. It's in the back. I. I think that's maybe the amygdala because I think that has a lot to do with anger. Like it's a primitive little nubbin. Yeah. And it. And I think anger and fear and relig- and religiosity are all kind of. In it's, the orbit, they 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 reduced activity in the posterior medial frontal cortex. Posterior, wait, <laughs> that means the back, the medium, and the front. Right, yeah, the back, the middle, and the front cortex. You <laughs> so know, we just nuke their brains. You know the whole brain. Yeah, all of the all of you it. You know the cortex that involves the <laughs> rear, the front, and the middle. What part didn't you hit with the <laughs> magnet? <laughs> that, wait a minute, did they just kill these people? That's crazy. They're like these people are way less religious uh, now. Also, they're less alive. That's so funny. You know, my my a dear friend of mine came out to his dad as gay. Oh dear, many years ago, many years ago, right? And his dad went through this whole process, all the grieving. Mm-hmm. So he did the twelve stages of grief. It took like five years. Right. His dad had a stroke. Oh dear, forgot the whole thing. Oh no. So my buddy had to come out to his dad again. <laughs> oh, no, really? And it was like it was just like he'd put hit rewind. Like, oh no! Oh. And he's like, Dad, I already told you this. He's like, No, you never told me this. Oh shit! Isn't that hilarious? Oh yeah. So just whatever little part of his brain remembered my buddy coming out was gone. Oh got wiped out. God, that's that is a nightmare. Yeah, I'm gonna hit him with a magnet. <laughs> just magnetize that fella. Doom. We just, uh, Doc, get, can you get the magnets in here? He's uh. <laughs> We can't go through this God, again. That's so funny. It's just too painful. All right. Well, uh, speaking of gay people and coming out and brain damage, yeah. Um, Ray Comfort, our friend, oh. our friend, our, our our Kiwi obsessed with the wee wee. The uh, the the 
the aptly named Ray Comfort, because he comforts me. He's just Ray is uncomfortable. He's about he's all about comfort. He's all about making everybody feel really good. So this this ding dong is a this friend of Kirk Cameron's, the kind of former actor that now makes the Left Behind movies. Right. Uh, Ray's the Kiwi who's proof that that there was no evo- what was it? His proof that there's no evolution. No such thing as evolution is that a banana fits perfectly into a man's hand. Right, yeah. So he's that guy. And he's got a, it's got a zipper opening and stuff. Yeah, I realize the, the cosmic crime I have committed by talking about Charles Darwin and Ray <laughs> Comfort in the same universe of time. No, I like it. Um, I like it. So he's apparently uh, teaching Christians how to sit next to gay people on airplanes. Oh, thank God. I've been wondering about that. Yeah. And is there a way does he is it useful also if I have to sit next to gay people across or across from them and during a podcast? <laughs> podcast. Imagine if we were on a plane. I can't. And I I have to sit I have to sit in the same seat as a gay guy every time I fly and I'm just about <laughs> fit to be tied. <laughs> um so New Zealand activist Ray Comfort joined Jerry Newcomb this week to discuss his new movie Audacity, which if you haven't seen don't yeah uh which delivers an unexpected eye-opening look at the controversial topic of controversial topic of homosexuality it is a controversy (laughs) controversy like the the topic isn't like something surrounding homosexuality it's just homosexuality yeah it's just it's controversial uh so comfort explained to newcomb newcomb that he was initially reluctant to make a movie about homosexuality but decided he had to do so after he sat next to a gay man on an airplane and didn't know how to handle the situation. <laughs> Every time I'm confronted with a strange thing on an airplane, I'm like, I better goddamn make a movie about this. <laughs> I, I love the idea that, like, the real, the dilemma is there's a gay man next to me. Yeah. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do with my hands? Do I have to give him a hand job? What do, <laughs> do I pull my penis out? Is that what I'm supposed to do? It's I like, don't know. It's like, let's say you met Hitler. What do you do? I don't know. <laughs> um, so he said, he, he, the, he's quoted as, I was flying. Uh, should I do it in this Kiwi accent? If no, you can. Oh, it's so hard. I was flying from Germany to Linden, <laughs> sitting next to a middle-aged gentleman. He recalled, I said, how are you doing? He says, Good. I see. You have to stop the accent. It, I can't it, understand. It's what totally we're unintelligible. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? He says. Good. I says. You got a family? He says. I have a husband. It was like, oh, where do I go from here? Do I say, oh, that's nice. Tell me about him or what? And it was awkward. Imagine <laughs> what it would be like for the average Christian who isn't kind of confrontational. He said. And I realized there's a real need to show Christians how to relate to homosexuality. Oh my God! <laughs> so wait, so he what he just said would imply that he's trying to teach people how to relate to homosexuals. But I he's don't not. Think that's what he's going for. No, I think he misspoke. So what he does in his movie is he he confronts people and then basically on the street he's like a street preacher and he, he films this for YouTube. Oh my God! And he's like, "You're going to heal. You you like that? You feel good about that?" And they're like, "Uh, th- goodbye." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Anyway, I feel like this was less informative than I wanted it to be. So, did, did you did you watch the videos? Oh, I've, have you ever have you never seen any of his videos? They're insane. Uh, and it's just you know, it's when you talk to a crazy person and the smile starts to get a little bit weird, and you're uh-huh. like, okay, uh, oh, okay, all right. oh, I have to, yeah, I've got a thing. Yeah, 
So, and that thing is that I'm allergic to you. Yeah. So that's Ray on a plane. Oh my God, people. Yeah, I. Man, I don't know what I would say if I was next to Ray Comfort on a plane. If I recognized him and he was like, "Hey," and he struck up, struck up a conversation, I think I would. My mind would start racing for the worst things I could tell him. You should ask him to go down on a banana to disprove right yeah. the origin of the species, or just say, "I totally agree with you." By the way, about that whole banana thing, because here's and here's how I know that God is real. Huh. The banana thing proves that he's real. Yeah. And uh, the fact that it fits down my throat so perfectly proves that God loves gay men. Yeah. It goes down my throat and up my butt. It just, it goes everywhere. It's the most comfortable fuck you'll ever have in your life. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Ray Comfort. Woohoo. God loves the gays. And then open the exit and push him out. <laughs> and then just push. Say, where's your God now? Yeah, exactly. If God, yeah, well. Uh, He'd meant you to have wings if you were flying. Exactly. Uh, well, so if you have anything you'd like to add to this conversation, dear listener, you can do so. You can go to, uh, to, to the interwebs and type in podcast at thankgodimatheist.com, and that'll, that'll get you an email here to us. Um, or go to the, uh, or do, take to the phones. Our number is eight, uh, 424-666-8442. Man, when Frank's not here, I just... Operators are standing by. <laughs> I just, that's right. Uh, robot operators. This is know. a limited offer. <laughs> uh, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. Uh, and also uh, ask to join the members only lounge where I am uh, dutifully trudging through the backlog of people and and day by day making it shorter and shor shorter. Uh, so... Yeah, so there you go. We're going to hear from one uh, Donald J. Trump... <laughs> Um, you may have heard of him. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's a peach of a character and, uh, had some stuff to say about, uh, the impending Christmas season. Yes. People graduate now from college. One of the biggest questions I get when I go around are students. They go to college, they do well, they borrow money up to here, they get through and they can't get a job and now they owe money and this, the country wants to go after them. The country wants to go after these kids. And what has the country done? They've given jobs out to everybody else. Today I read, and I have Starbucks, they're my tenants. Did you read about Starbucks? No more Merry Christmas on Starbucks, no more. I wouldn't buy, hey look, I'm speaking against myself. I have one of the most successful Starbucks in Trump Tower. Maybe we should boycott Starbucks, I don't know, seriously. I don't care. By the way, that's the end of that lease, but who cares? Who cares? Who cares? But today, a big story that Starbucks is taking Merry Christmas off. No more Merry Christmas. I will tell you, lots of big things, lots of little things. You can call this anything you want. But if I become president, we're all going to be saying Merry Christmas again. That I can tell you. That I can tell you. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. He's amazing. He is, ama he is a uh, Simpsons character rendered in the flesh. I, yeah. Yeah. How do you even write that? You can't, you can't fictionalize that. That's, yeah. that's, on, that's only in real life can you be that bad. Uh, you know, and I think what's, what I've heard, and you, it's obvious listening to him talk, he doesn't write anything. He has no prepared no. speech. He just gets up there and riffs. Clearly. Clearly. Yeah. And he just 
he's like, I'll, I know, I'll just pander. I'll just yeah. blatantly, openly pander. Yeah. And it's, he does, and he does it so brilliantly. Maybe we should boycott him. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I, I, do. I don't care. Hey, I, you know what? I, they're, they're gonna, there goes that lease. They're gonna, they're gonna back out of their, their Trump Towers now. I don't care. Yeah, I'll just declare bankruptcy. Look at me. I don't give a fuck. Do you see how, do you see how many fucks I'm not giving right now? Trump don't give a fuck. Yeah. I, you know, it, it starts from he clearly has the religious impulses of a doorknob. You know, we we talk. Oh, he to, doesn't give a fuck about. He does not give a fuck about religion. But what he does, what's amazing to me is like, he clearly doesn't even know what's actually happening. He's no. Because he's what? What did he say? He said, "There's no more Christmas on Starbucks." What does that even mean? What are you talking about? What? Just, I mean, all that happened was Starbucks removed, you know, like trees and deer from their cups. Yeah, for the Christmas season. Yeah, trees and deer are not Christmas. They're not uh, religious symbols. No, I. It's just well, and I don't think that the employees are supposed to say "Merry Christmas" to you. Maybe they can respond, but they're not supposed to just say it to everybody. Okay, I'm I am an I am a dyed in the wool atheist. Yeah, and I know you are somewhere on the spectrum of your your atheist curious at least. I, I have been known to make yeah. a- comments that could be interpreted. It as could being be atheist. like carelessly interpreted. But honestly, when someone says "Merry Christmas" to you, how mad do you get? A zero. I yeah. say thank you, and oftentimes I will say "Merry Christmas" back. Sure, because I don't give a fuck. I don't care. It, yeah. No, I I care about nativity scenes on public property. Yeah. I care about you know uh, public prayers at at taxpayer you know public meetings. Well, and if you know honestly, if if a company you know if a if a store or something had a policy where they had to say Merry Christmas to me, I would be offended by that because yeah. that's because fuck you. It's bullshit. Like, and why you should you force your employees to do that? Right. And and you don't care about your Jewish or your atheist or your Islamic or your whatever customers. All you care about is your. You're Christian customers. You're just going to yeah. make us all default Christians. Yeah, uh, that that's some bullshit. It's just so doubly disingenuous coming from fucking Donald Trump. Well, and the and the worst. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the, this was just sort of a preview of what's to come in the next couple months. We're in everybody. negotiations to prepare a Christmas special. Well, yeah, we're we we'll, we'll see what we can come up with here. Yeah. But but no matter what, you're going to start hearing the old all the old tropes about the. Uh, the how how Christmas how they're trying to get rid of Christmas. Yeah, Bill O'Reilly is he hasn't even weighed in yet, so it's, it's oh. gonna be a long season. He's a uh, he's yeah he's gonna pounce. He's waiting for just the right moment. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be big. But uh, fuck Donald Trump. Oh my God, that man! I, I I don't even know what to say about him. Like the existence of him <laughs> is just is everything wrong with humanity yeah it makes me wonder if if we're even real if we're in a universe where that can happen (laughs) is this real life yeah oh boy well i we had some folks write into us uh so i'm going to pull those up and uh and let and 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 then i'll read their (laughs) emails uh zach wrote in uh, this this is actually because f- we skipped emails uh, last week. So yeah. this is this is a reference to two episodes ago. Uh, it says I'm more than a little intrigued by the last segment of this week's episode. You said that you were against people essentially stooping down to the level of the Christians, like uh, by refusing to s- service to them. 
I know you mostly have positive things to say about the satanic temple, especially when they stoop to the prayer levels of the Christian majority. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know that there was talk about not serving Christians, so I definitely don't have anything but an emotional reaction to it. Uh, I was just wondering what, if any, distinction there is between those two ideas and what what the line is as you see it. So, thank, uh, eternally curious, Zach. So you guys had a conversation about whether it was right to, whether it was ethical, I guess, to take certain actions against the people that came to the World Conference of Families. Right. The World Conference of Families was being held here uh, in Salt Lake City, and it is a it is a conference that, among many many other things, uh, has a lot of has, has taken a very hard line against the homosexuals uh, to the point where they cer- certain of their members and they as a group have uh, advocated for uh, in Uganda the, they were they were on the the kill, death sentence the yeah. death sentence for homosexuality thing. Yeah. Um, it's a hate group, and there's no there's really no question. It's really not a quibbleable. Right. Thing. And now that doesn't mean that everybody that goes to that conference uh wants the death penalty for gays. It, it no. It does and and it does No, certainly not. Um but here's the thing. So what we what Frank and I were talking about was do we do what the Christians have done, which the Christians keep making big hay about, you know, I'm being forced to make a wedding cake for queers and right. I'm being forced to blah 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 and you know, there are lawsuits involved and and stuff. Because if you are open to the public uh, as a service, yeah, you have to serve the fucking public. That's how this works. That's how you, all of those signs that say we reserve the right to refuse service to anybody uh, don't mean anything because you don't have that right. That's yeah. not a right that you have. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was the, the gist of your conversation with Frank. Is- well, we, but we also talked about the fact that, like... You know, you're allowed to disagree with me. We're allowed. This is the United States is meant to be a place where your disagreement with me mm-hmm. doesn't mean that uh, that you're now an invalid part of our society. Yeah, I I think that it seemed like there were calls for, like if you had a business to not let. First of all, I don't know how you'd know who these people were. Right. You know, a lot of a lot of. Um, uh, Convention goers wear tags and stuff like that. Sure. Maybe that's how you single them out. Right. Uh, I get the emotional impulse. Sure. I get the rage. Yeah. I, believe <laughs> I, me, I get all that. I but, do too. But that is just in. Yes, it is stooping to what they would. The, the exclusionary. Um, you have cooties. You can't come near me. Kind of shit that that good people have put up with from the religious right for years. Right. And it is also entirely un-American, and it is entirely illegal. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, let them eat at your restaurant. But you know what? If you want to put up a sign that says, we support all families right. in your restaurant, do it. Good. That's the way to handle it. Right. Exactly. But these are still, you know, they're deeply confused people with a philosophical handicap who need a magnet pointed at their head. Right. Yes. Plugged into the 220 and left on for 24 hours. But they're still your brothers and sisters and the human family. So unless they're unless they're being demonstratively evil right. and behaving in a certain way in your business that would merit throwing them out. And absolutely, you know, if they stand up in the middle of your business and they say, you know, and they denounce start denouncing gay people, yeah. out you go. Throw them the fuck out. Yeah. And 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 you know, if you get into a conversation with them, by all means shame them as much as you want for their for, for the evil of, of the group. Yep. 
However, that's not that's not the same as denying service. And and the the, the comparison between the Satanic Temple and what they do mm. and this is is I don't I'm not sure that I understand that. I think the Satanic what the sa- the difference is the Satan the Satanic Temple have kind of a a mirthful uh in they kind of invert the tactics right in in a in a ironic in an ironic and humorous way right and it's uh, judo it's kind of a it's kind of a comedic judo to say say, look how dumb this is right and and it's a and it's a set and their whole goal the the thing is that they're they are a religion like that's that's what they purport to be right so it's different than uh than being a business yeah. So they're 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 saying they're pointing out the hypocrisy of these other of these religious groups by just taking it to the to the extreme. Right. Uh, I don't see that as being analogous. I don't see it as being analogous either. And and um, but I mean, yeah, I'm yes. Yeah. I I mean, he says that it's stooping to the level of the Christians. I say that it's just pushing the pushing the Christians to their natural conclusion. It's satirizing, right? The the, the actions of the Christians. Well, and just and just saying, you know. Here's if you take it as far as it goes, this is what what you're doing looks like. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, uh, but thanks for the the email. Yeah. Good que- is a good question. It is. Uh, Chris wrote in to say, and I think that's a, a that's Chris with a K, so I'm guessing it's a a goyle. Um. So so she says, uh, like you, I spend most of I spent most of this weekend trying to make sense of the reasoning behind the recent policy change of the Mormon. Uh, church, only to find myself as baffled and bemused as you sounded on episode 207. Um, while the spirit of the law is nothing new from the church, the tactics and specific dictates were jaw-dropping, offensive, sad, and inexplicable. Uh, because of this leaked information, I spent hours trying impotently to understand and soothe the pain, pain anger uh, of a longtime ex-Mormon friend whose lovely, faithful dad can be described by thousands of complimentary adjectives, one of which is gay. Uh, I hugged my sister-in-law and told her I understand why she is resigning her, call- resigning her calling on Sunday. This is A calling in the church is like, you a know. A job. Yeah, you're, you're a Sunday school teacher or right. something. Um, and people and, take it very seriously. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and never returning to her ward again. I cried real tears uh, while while reading the outpouring of real pain from real people with real families impacted by the way these uh, by by the in real ways by these measures, mm. um, so she says she's been researching um, why this may have happened because she was very confused by this. I'm sort of going to paraphrase a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she said that she uh, she stumbled on like she says that she wasn't satisfied by the they're just a bunch of old guys in an ivory tower thought and said and and so she stumbled on a uh, a blog post that you and i have both read mm-hmm. uh her summary of which is that um dallin oaks who's uh, higher up in the church one of the big mucky mucks uh lost his bid in the supreme court because their legal team couldn't prove any real harm to children as a result of same gender parents so he wrote up a policy which creates which creates that harm uh, in order to provide a legal defense for uh, opposition to the marriages of gay parents in Utah's family courts. Um, and she says she totally buys the theory. So I, it's interesting. So what, what, what the blog post said was, and this is from a, a, a lawyer? Yeah, a guy named Joseph Hollenbaugh, uh, who's a former Mormon and a, and a lawyer. And he was saying that in Utah family law, 
if there's a divorce and one parent, uh, like just tr- sort of traditionally in Utah, if one parent's going to be more religious and the un- other parent's not, they're going to cite in terms of uh, custody of a child, they're going to side on the on the side of the religious person to maintain the upkeep of the right. of, of of that child's religious right. uh, education, because everybody in Utah is Mormon, right, or should be according to the courts, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and so now, so this is an interesting theory because now that the Mormon Church has said, if you live with gay married or gay cohabitating parents, right. You don't get to participate as a child yeah. in all of the all of the ordinances and whatever. Mm-hmm. It suddenly may give a Utah or surrounding state judge yeah. a reason to not give the child over. Just I mean, just we we've just learned. Yeah, they don't need an excuse. No, they don't need a reason. They're gonna de- deny it to the yeah. gay parent that, anyway. I, I have experience in the in the Utah family courts. Oh, and yeah. um. Religion, like the the religion of the the religiosity of both parents, is very frequently discussed. Mm. And uh, argument, you know, parents will suddenly be very religious in order to win a custody battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and there there are many cases where the judge, there was this judge in Summit County who decided quite blatantly, well, I can't give the ch- I can't give the the child to the father because he's not a Mormon anymore and won't take the child to church. Right. That was his reasoning, and, and he's a judge, so there's nothing you can do about it yep. except appeal. So I think this dovetails perfectly with that story we covered in the beginning yeah. where this judge is like, yeah, lesbian parents, ick. Right, exactly. Well, but uh, also uh, research. Uh, research. But, uh, and against, against the evidence of all the stakeholders right. saying, no, is, everything's good. Yeah, exactly. Like good. everyone else involved is like, Hey, we've got this thing solved. All we need is you to just rubber stamp it for us. Right. Everybody, everybody's just like, there's no, there's no opposing side here. Nope. There's just the pro side. Yep. So if you could just uh, sign that, please. And he's like, what I'll sign is that has to, that baby has to go somewhere else. Yeah. Even the, even the division of child and family services, which a lot of times in these cases is considered the bad guy or the right. man. Yeah. They're like, no, no, no. It's yeah. We, we fixed it. Right. It's the, the, there is there is no solution needed. Right. It is solved. So what is how are the best interests of this one year old girl being served by her court? Yeah, they are not. And I think it just give, it puts the lie to the idea that this is all about protecting children. Clearly, it's not. No, it's obviously, a, it's about it's about it's a coercive policy to try to force the parents to behave in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I I mean they they want to inspire all the gay men to go and marry a girl like a good old fashioned gay man like like gay men have been doing for centuries. Yeah, like and, every and gay women also go go find yourself a good man and be miserable. For and life. at the end of the day, if Mormons hate the gays so much, they've got to stop making so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's true, right? You know, you go and you have nine kids. Odds are you're gonna have some queer in there. Yeah, you're gonna. I, I, you know, I have a a dear friend. He's one of nine, uh, two of which are gay. I, I know a guy. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but I know a guy who has. He's of seven siblings, a Mormon family, rural mm-hmm. Mormon family, all gay. Holy crap! Boys and girls, they failed entirely. Boom! They failed entirely. Yeah. Uh, I, we, my sister is a lesbian. We always joke because I'm pretty sure that if you polled everyone in our, the neighborhood that we grew up in, yeah, they would 
be almost positive that I would turn out gay, <laughs> and and it it went the other Your way. Your sister's a lesbian. Yeah, I know. So gross. you can't be baptized or something. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I'm grown enough that I think w- I watch the papers. That probably that's coming yeah, next. That's the next one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, you two. This is from uh, Justin. Uh, hey, you two. During the recent Facebook AMAs, uh, so this is a reference to on the mem- in the members only lounge. Mm. Uh, spontaneously, they started to do uh, ask me anything's uh, with each other, so that they could learn more about each other because it's a cool community. And you know what? They're members, and they can fucking do that. They can, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so sign up. So sign up. Apparently. Uh, he said, during the recent uh, Facebook AMAs, I decided I wanted to start my, start up my own little Reddit gold kind of recognition system for the Facebook lounge. Hmm. Uh, I don't know anything about Reddit gold, but apparently it's a thing where if you like something, you you donate a little bit of money to the org- to Reddit. If you like something that you read on it, even if it's just somebody's comment or something, mm-hmm. you donate to Reddit because, hey, thanks for bringing me this or whatever. Okay. Um, uh, pretty much, I just wanted to say, hey, I appreciate your comment on the TGIA Members Only Lounge. I'm going to donate on your behalf. Uh, Reddit does $4, I think, but I want to do $6.66. <laughs> uh, uh, but basically, so basically what he's saying, he's saying uh, that, you know, when he sees something that he really likes, he's he's got some apps that, you know, if he watches certain in, enough ads on his phone, then he gets uh-huh. some money and stuff. So that's apparently he's going to start donating that. To us, in honor of X person who did something cool, who said something cool in the members only lounge. That is so unbelievably complicated. <laughs> right? I, yeah. Right? It's circuitous, but he did donate uh, $6.66 to us. Uh, so for that, I, boy. I thank you. a boy. And, uh, and it's on behalf of one of the members. And I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm at liberty to really start talking about what's happening in a closed group mm. uh, on a, in a public thing so is i'm it, not going to say what it it's pretty about. freaky in there well you'd have to join facebook Don't, to know and i will never do it you never will nope because you're because you're anti i'm a luddite you are yeah stop ludding all over the place anyway uh that so if you guys want to participate in that i'm not going to stop you yeah if that's a fun way for you to donate every time somebody says something really cool or makes you feel awesome on the members only lounge please feel free you can and donate for any reason. But what you can absolutely do that. Yeah. That's true. Uh, you can donate if someone makes you feel like shit. Right, right. If someone makes you feel horrible, donate. Basically, your first impulse whenever anything happens to you should be to donate to Thank God I Made Maybe I should join up just so I can go into the members-only lounge and just hate on people all day to squeeze some dough. <laughs> I, think, I think your plan is not, is not well, well let thought me think, out. Let me think it through a little bit. Let's, <laughs> let's workshop it. We'll, we'll put it. We'll do a beta test. I want a beta test. Okay. Anyway, uh, if you do, by the way, want to donate to our cause, you can go to thankgodimatheist.com. There are ways to donate uh, on PayPal. You can donate a single sum, or you can go to our Patreon uh, campaign and become a patron, which is uh, a lovely thing to do, and we really appreciate it. So let's move on. Uh, we have. You and I were, were talking, and we were sort of discussing what we uh, wanted to discuss as our final segment yes. for the show today. And we stumbled on a really, what I found to be a really interesting discussion, mm. kind of about in-groups. It, yeah. We were talking about, you know, the sort of, we, we got there a circuitous way. We were talking about the, you know, the, the race 
problems that are happening in uh, in in Missouri yeah. uh, in the colleges there, and we were talking. Uh, you know, that doesn't necessarily relate to this show in a direct way. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about you know we felt the- like we felt like we need like that is such a huge story right now, and felt like we'd be remiss if we didn't somehow kind of connect to it. Yeah. But the, but but you know it's not it's not directly related. There's definitely religious overtones in racism, and then and r- racism in America has a has a strong religious tie. Yeah. Um, but you know it just takes a little bit more research to to, right. to draw those lines, and and we're not experts on that. Right. But what we can't what we started to talk about was the fact that in all of these groups. It's in, in especially in the United States, and I doubt that it. I, I, it's probably happening in other places, but I can really speak to the U.S. Uh, right. on this one. It, whether you're uh, a, consider yourself a feminist or an atheist or a religious person or a whatever, mm-hmm. there it started to get to the point where there are these purity tests, yeah, for being a true-blooded member of the of our group, yeah. So I, let's talk about that because I, 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 I had mentioned, uh, you know, a, a little while ago, Sam Harris was getting into some real hot water. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Harris, the atheist philosopher and author and 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 neuroscientist, yeah. and, and he he gets into he gets into it a lot because uh, he likes to talk about Islam in ways that people are very uncomfortable with. Yeah, and uh, and sometimes and he's been accused um, on many many occasions of being. Uh, I mean, it, I, I was going to say anti-feminist, but it goes all the way to misogynist right. um, with the accusations, and he and he has said some things that probably aren't that are that are pretty much that are pretty uncool. Yeah, um, and so and and we were talking about how uh, you know I've I. On Facebook and and in other venues, I'm I'm sort of uh, tied in with feminist groups and with uh with feminist feminist thinkers, and I just sat and watched while a bunch of atheist feminists renounced him as a human, like right. not he you know he says something that they don't like, which I f- I'm fine with, and then he's gone. Yeah, he's totally discarded. Right? They can't. They like none of his other thought means anything anymore. Because yeah. uh, be, because of this, uh, even you know Greta Christina, who's a who's a, a blogger and and author of some note in the in the atheist uh, community, has started doing a series of of blog posts where she's talking about atheist leaders who aren't Dawkins or Harris. Right. Well, I I bristle a little bit at the 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 notion of leader. Mm. I think uh, you know atheists tend to be far more cats than dogs. You know, <laughs> we're we're a little harder to kind of get control of. Meow. Uh, meow. I mean, yeah, we're not we're not a group. We're, I mean, we we're we're not united by anything other than we don't actually. We all share the fact that we don't believe in a god. And I think, I think that is a great uniting principle. Sure. And so. I too am really shocked by the the kind of absurdity of the purity tests that are applied. You know, if, here's a great example: just watching, uh, you know, the Republican nominating process. If you can, <laughs> if you can stand to like do, get the clockwork orange eyeball rig uh-huh. and get through a debate, you know, it's 
is it, I think it's the proper application of the no true Scotsman fallacy, right? Exactly. That that no 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 you're not conservative enough. You you failed conservatism. He's not conservative enough. And it's like guys, these are right wing crazy people. Yeah. What territory on the right is left to claim? Yeah. I, I, it's crazy. So they it, invented a term for it. Like this is several years old. The term rhino. Rhino. Yeah. Uh, which R- is which is Republican in name only. Right. They, they're being completely outward about it. Right. You are not Republican enough for us. And there's 11 people or 12. I don't know fucking how many people are on the stage anymore. There's a bunch of men and one woman. Yeah, like 50 or 60, I think. And yucks. And none of they don't disagree on anything. But they're standing up. They're yelling hateful thing. And they're yelling at each other. Right. The one guy who's disagreeing with them is is Trump magically because... He doesn't give a fuck about he. He doesn't. He's barely aware that anyone else is, is he, in the room. He's winging it. Yeah. His pho- just, his political philosophy is he's fucking winging it. Yeah. His political philosophy is I'm so good. Yeah. That I couldn't possibly get anything wrong. Yeah. So and, I'll and, just. So I don't. What do I need to do? Prepare. Why? And there's that poor nice old surgeon who's clearly had way too much Ambien. <laughs> but basically, they all agree on shit. So it's like, what is your what purity test is the public applying to these people? Yeah. You know, and and I'm loath to think that we do that in our groups, you know, in uh, in the rational, skeptical, feminist, liberal, gay kind right. of well, spectrum. Es- especially since we're supposed to be the ones that don't who, do who that. are who are good at thinking. Right. Like we claim we claim that ground for ourselves. Like we're, right. we're the rational ones. We're the, the ones who are good at, at, at processing all of this stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, somebody comes along who's. N- Who's not perfect? Yeah. Who disagrees with you and and you know says some bullshit stuff and you know we were going you you were looking at some Dawkins yeah tweets earlier they were pretty ham fisted that dude is should never tweet yeah he should be banned from Twitter yeah because he's stupid he's an he's an old guy yeah he's an academic yeah uh, and he loves having long extended conversations that's the place to say something like. With respect to those meanings of "quote unquote" human that are relevant to the morality of abortion, any fetus is less human than an adult pig. <laughs> right? Don't do that in 140 characters. Yeah. If you're if you've got if you've given no context and you just yeah. throw that out there, yeah, you that's not going to be good. Yeah. It, and it's it's hamfisted. You can fucking do it. I mean, you can do that, but it's really sloppy and that's a conversation right that's not just a declaration boops and yeah and well and he also and he said some genuinely like i think bullshit things right like you know he said he said the thing about uh it's it would be immoral not to abort uh, yeah. a, a down syndrome it, in response to someone's tweet uh, he said uh abort it uh, about a, carrying the quandary of carrying a down syndrome person this person was having it right abort it and try again it would be immoral to bring it into the world if you have the choice that's crazy talk uh that's i mean like like he just he basically steps in shit regularly uh on on the tweeter yeah uh platform and but does that discount that richard dawkins has created a body of work and given us uh, on on the skeptical and the rational side has given us a vast store of language and rhetoric and uh, understanding of evolutionary biology yeah. put in layman's terms that, you know, is that's a very impenetrable subject to most people. Yeah. So do He's, we throw 
that big weird old limey baby out with the with, kind of sour bathwater of some of these stupid things he said. I think it's amazing that we can't make space for people who who don't follow all of the lines that we want them to. Right. I see this among uh, among friends who are believing in anything. If you're a vegan, I see all these people who just can't they can't believe, they can't fathom yeah. that anyone could could not see their point. Yeah. It's just, and 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 you know so like I've seen vegans go after vegetarians who are who are you know good vegetarians but don't you know they still maybe have a pair of leather shoes or whatever right and and it's just like you, you know what there can be space right for like yeah feel deeply about it that's fine I get that you feel really really deeply right. about this thing and you you know someone said something horribly offensive to you yeah. And I get that. And they may be really wrong on that point. Right. Doesn't mean they don't belong in your group. You know, it's if let's say you are a vegan, lesbian, feminist skeptic, which I am. You are. (laughs) I think I think we can all agree. You qualify. Sure. Um, It's a pretty lonely spot to be standing on. So, yeah, you're 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 in a you're you're in a, a, a. Put upon group within a put upon right. group within a put upon. And believe group. me, I am not saying any of those things is a pejorative or a negative. No, of course. What not. I'm saying is, is you, you are alone, fairly close to alone on the playground. Yeah. It seems that you would want more friends. <laughs> you would think. I, I think you know, and I'm 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 a gay, outspoken atheist, very liberal. So I'm not in the loneliest. I'm not on the loneliest sandbox, but it's. It can be lonely sometimes. Sure, If somebody agrees with me on 80, 85% of everything, unless the one thing they disagree with is just bananas, like, well, I think we should put babies in meat grinders. Right, exactly. I'd be like, oh, that's kind of a major disagreement you and I have. But, you know, I just don't see why I would want to, you know, run them out of town on a rail. Well, and the other thing is that we're – and one of the things that I think is most important as a takeaway from this conversation is that – it's, you know, if you disagree with Sam Harris's take on Islam and you think that he's racist about Islam and you think that he's uh, just wrong on Islam. Yeah. Well, if you think he's racist about Islam, you're wrong because Islam is not a race. Indeed. Right. Indeed. Uh, but if you think that his take on Islam is is wrong in every kind of way, that in no way invalidates all of his other arguments. Right. And also, all he's doing is trying to participate in the discussion. Yeah. So great. Disagree with him by participating also. Participate. Get Say, in there and be like, I believe that you're wrong and here's my reasoning. Yeah. But I mean, all I read, you know, I, I tried to find a thing about uh, Sam Harris and, and, and his, uh, his, the accusations of sexism. Right. And I. You couldn't so, find anything? No, no, no. I definitely found a lot. But what hap- what ended up being really weird was that I, so I found a blog post, by a feminist blog post. That was taking him to task. And I was very disappointed in it because it was all straw man arguments. That she would do a quote of, of his. Right. And then say a bunch, like argue against a bunch of things that he didn't actually say in that quote. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's not great. Let me go to the source material. So she had a link that seemed like it was the source material. Yeah. And I thought, I'll just see what, uh, what, el- what the context of what Sam Harris said was. Click that. It's another feminist blog post right. about Harris. And I kept clicking through. There's this echo chamber of blogs yeah. that aren't even referencing the original thing anymore. 
they're referencing each other's thing about the original thing. Yeah. Well, there's a couple. There's a couple things operative in that <clears throat> in that reaction, I think, and certainly one is incredibly understandable. Christians love to claim that they're persecuted sure. in America, and maybe they are in you know Indonesia or whatever, but they're not in America. It's absolute bullshit. So people that are the, the people who have actually experienced persecution in this country, uh, uh, gay people of every stripe, trans people, uh, just about any sort of woman you can imagine. I think there is a tendency sometimes you, you 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 have to have your hackles up all the time. Right. Like when you when you are when you're in this defensive crouch for so long. Yeah. It becomes hard not to see everything as just another attack. And thank you for saying that because it, it I yeah, that's it's totally understandable. Right. And I get that. That's so, so you, true. That you it's hard to calibrate your reactions sometimes and again, I'm in one of those groups. Right. You know, and so I can get like. My, sometimes my first reaction is like nuclear. Yeah. And as I've gotten older, I've been like, okay, well, I need to stop ruining every dinner party I'm ever at, or you know, <laughs> ruining every like work meeting. Right. Yeah. And just kind of temper it. And and so there's that. The other thing that I think is operative is the anonymity of online conversations mm. i think is changing the landscape of how we talk to each other right even person to person right it feels like it's made the dialogue coarser and meaner it it absolutely has i don't think there's any denying that it yeah. has i you know i go to the uh, to our facebook group to the members only lounge the tgia members only lounge which yeah. is what you can search on facebook it's a closed group yes and i try very hard to keep it like the rules are explicit there there aren't many rules right but the rule is that you have to be respectful of each other of other people you don't mm -hmm. have to be respectful of ideas yes but you have to be respectful of people right and so that and that's absolutely uh non-negotiable and but yeah do, I, does a lot do a lot of fights break out do, is there a lot it of it happens and it's it's kind of amazing to me because you know what people love about it is that respect respectful sort of uh Right. Uh, take on things, but as I'll tell you this: there have been people who have, who have a dissenting opinion, either and like there are a few issues where you know people are are very passionate about opposite sides of the issue, mm -hmm. and uh, and they they're just used to yelling at each like when, when once you're on the internet, yeah, it feels like what you're supposed to do is be like, well, fuck you, and you're awful, yeah, instead of like, oh, that instead of. Take a breath. Yeah. Consider an alternate viewpoint and ask yourself why the fuck you're responding so hard. Yeah, I've listen. Really I've been that guy. You go. You, it's so easy to go down We've the rabbit. We've all been that guy to go down the rabbit hole of comment sections. And, yeah. And just be. And you see a troll being horrible, and then you suddenly like six comments later, you're like, oh, I'm being that troll. Yeah. I, because the guy definitely the guy. There's a great German uh, term called backfeifgesicht. <laughs> which means a face in need of a fist, uh -huh. you know, and there's that guy is hanging out in every comment section and, and, yeah. you know, after every article. And I, I just worry that it's part of, you know, how we're ruining how we relate to each other. And we're forgetting that you can disagree with somebody and have a completely cogent conversation. Right. And respect their humanity and respect their personhood and not, you know, be like, well, you're fat. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know. You're you're an asshole because 
I can't believe how how much you disagree with me on this point, and yeah. so therefore you must be a dick. Right. Yeah. Right. Something I've always liked about Salt Lake City is mm. because we are in we all live in opposition to this very massive force. Yes. In one way or another. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you you live in opposition to a certain big force if you live here in the Inner Mountain West. Mm. That has this wonderful gravitational effect of forcing all of these other communities into conversation that might not necessarily be in conversation. Yeah. So, you know, I've lived in cities where gay people and lesbian gay men and lesbians do not hang out together. Yeah. You know, they don't they would never go to the same bar. Different groups, different types of gay men and different types of lesbians will hang out yet, at yet again different bars. Right. This is a bear bar. You don't want to go there. And, and it's the, a specific bear bar. And this right. is a twink bar. And this is a, you know, a butch bar. So, and it's not just the gay community. It's the immigrant community. It's the non-Mormon community. It's the, the Unitarians and the uh, Church of Christ. And so there's this, there's a conversation that happens between odd groups of people. Right. Because we're living in the shadow of the Death Star. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's a great thing. Now, what would happen if that Death Star wasn't here? You know, yeah. would we be sniping at each other? Would we be ignoring each other? Would we? And I think that that's symbolic of the idea of group. It's amazing to me the how prevalent the human impulse toward tribalism is. Yes, absolutely. How, how strong that impulse. Like once I identify myself as part of a group. Then anything that comes uh, that seems like it's against that group mm -hmm. becomes enemy. Yeah, and this is—I mean, you want to talk Dawkins? That's some evolutionary shit right there. Yeah, you just dropped it, brother. That's some—that's some go back to monkey times shit. <laughs> you just came down from the trees. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and we—that's still in us. And I, but I think it's to be fought. I think that that evolutionary mandate within us to find uh, out group members to be hostile. And to take them yeah. to be your enemy, I think that is a that is an evolutionary evolutionary mandate that we, as a post evolutionary species, because evolution doesn't really apply to us anymore. Uh, because and and I say that because you know we choose things like we don't let people just die. We don't even you know right. natural selection is trying to work with us. Yeah, but it doesn't. We don't let it. I disagree a little bit because I think I think it's not something necessary to fight. I think it's something to be cognizant of. Okay. I think it's to be aware of it. It it definitely had its purpose. You know, it definitely, definitely. had its purpose. And in a way, like I always say, I, I talk about my young life and how long it took me to, quote unquote, find my tribe. Mm -hmm. Because <laughs> the tribe I was born into, that wasn't my tribe. Not your tribe. So, uh, so it took me a while to find it. And I think for young people who, uh, you know, are out there kind of struggling in the same place, you got to find your tribe. Yes. That doesn't mean... You defend it at the cost of all else. It just means you find a community of people that that think enough the same as you are in a similar place as you for support. And I think that for you, love, uh, for a friendship. Yeah. I think you've hit on something that that we're missing in this conversation. I I I don't want this to be an anti find your group conversation. Right. Like the fact that there are in many places a club for just bears and a club <laughs> for twinks or whatever. I think that can be great. You want a club that like suits your needs. Yeah. Fine. And when you're out on the prowl, you know what yeah. you're looking for. When you yeah, exactly. When you want you know Go get it, that. If there's a play if there's a shop that carries only the things that you want, 
you're going to go to that shop rather than the one that might not carry it and has stuff that's kind of adjacent to what yeah. you want. I get all that. That's fine. Find yeah. your group. Find the people that make you happy. Right. But then don't see everyone else as an enemy. Right. Like they're not the, – the rest of the world isn't – and you may, you, know, you may have enemies in your life. There may be people who are working to make your life miserable. God knows we do. God knows. Yeah. I'm, I mean, most of you hate me, so that's fine. I lock my doors. Uh, but I, but I, I, I just think that the, it's, the, it's the impulse towards uh, reviling the, right. those people who aren't in your group. And discounting, discounting that other people are on a, on a journey like you. Right. Discounting that whatever their situation is, they're finding their tribe. Right. And, and you know... If you can be as as great a mind as Richard Dawkins and still be a fuck up, that's okay. Yeah, like, you know that's what's beautiful about all of this is that like you can have you our most brilliant people are idiots about certain things. Yeah, I I was I was telling and, you a little bit before about how I was with a bunch of friends. I, I was working in Atlanta. And we were having lunch, and and I'm a big you know I'm quite and I'm a big admirer of a very religious man, Doctor Martin Luther King. Sure. And I was saying something about him, and somebody, that the young person at the table said, well, you know, he wasn't a straight-up guy. You know, he wasn't a good guy because allegedly he had an affair or something. Yeah. And I just kind of looked at him, and I was like, okay, well, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Just fuck it. Let's, okay, any advancement that man made in our society and for our society, let's just chuck it. Yeah, he's a yeah. He he broke one of his – he broke a promise, apparently, to uh, the woman that he cared most right. about. Let's let's just get segregation back yeah. then. How dare this man have the wrong boner? Right. L yeah. Back to Jim Crow. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was a better time, and it was exactly <laughs> that kind of stupid assumption. Yeah. You know that that the only people who are of worth in this in this life, or who should we should follow, or who we should respect, must be flawless. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like it's, if we can't have perfect heroes, no heroes at all. Yeah. If you can't be Superman, then uh, then fuck you. Yeah, uh, which is which I I you know I feel passionately about this in part because God help them. Some people might listen to a podcast and think that I'm worth listening to, <laughs> uh, and if you if you do that, uh, you will eventually stumble on lots of my flaws. Uh, oh so, yeah. So uh, all I'm saying is, we're all just we're all idiots. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. Yeah. Like, if I ever got hauled in front of a court of law and, you know, they played the story of my life, <laughs> I feel pretty, and I'll bet a lot of people are in this place, I feel pretty good about who I am now. Yeah. It gets a little shaky as you go back in <laughs> yeah. past. I said some dumb fucking things. I sure. had some stupid opinions that the world needed to rub off of me by being in it, you know? Yeah. And I needed to elevate my own consciousness and yeah. and. Read a little bit and meet some different people and, you know, have a different experience. And there are people that I love who are just forever and, and obstinately wrong about stuff. Right. And they're, that's, and part there's of, a name part for, of there's my... There's a name for that. They're, um, what's their called? Parents. Parents. Well, there's, there's that too. Yes. Right. But I mean, there's, just, it's just like, you know, I, I don't have to exclude them from my friendship ring because... Because they're so clearly wrong about something. Right. I can still hang out. We can yep. still have dinner. Yeah. 
And every now and then, this you know, this whatever this topic is, will come up, and we'll rehash the same things right. that we've talked about and whatever. And it's not to say that there aren't people in your life or in the world that are truly toxic and worthy of yeah. and worthy of uh, of, of k- kicking out of your life. Yeah, there are bad people. There sure, are, there are mean people. There are cruel people. There are sadistic people. There are fanatics. So, so and you don't and you don't have to apply that yardstick to them and go, oh god, they're just this right. person's insane. But I got to keep trying. Right, and there are people who are actually good people who you can exclude from your life because they're not good for you, or they're too good and they make you look bad. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, fuck those guys. Fuck those. They're throwing the curve off. Yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, there. Th- this isn't to say that you have to like. I mean, make your choices about yeah. who you hang out with. That's fine. Uh, yeah. But this whole not atheist enough thing, you're not yep. atheisting hard enough. No because, true Scotsman, yeah. Because, there's, yeah, I mean, you you kind of like to go back to church every now and then and you feel like you get something out of it or you're not sure that there's no right. God. Or you describe, or you describe that you have had spiritual experiences. Right. Or we were talking about, you know, the whole, the whole LGBT community really not liking those T's and those B's. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of gay people who yep. reject bisexual people or yep. reject trans people and, and it's it's really fucking disappointing because yeah. that in a larger way that is their tribe yeah you know um and isn't the whole point like isn't what you were fighting for the right to fuck the person that you want to fuck <laughs> isn't that what you were like sort of on about right now if you're the right to be who you want to who you are yeah like so why, why it's shocking to me how badly we all do this. It's what it's like when I meet a, a, a gay person who's also a racist. I'm, I'm just I'm gonna, what? <laughs> right. Like how have how have you missed all of life's lessons? Right. You know? Right. And uh, it, yeah, it's so there you go. I, I, I think we may have beaten this dead horse uh, a little bit. I, I'm just baffled. I don't know how to how to describe this. Stuff. Yeah. So. Maybe you guys uh, at home, they're listening at your work or, you know, on your commute. Know a better way to think about this. It would be interesting to hear people uh, talk about their experience with the, with purity tests, whether they were the victim of one or whether they applied them, you know. Right. And and maybe you have a re- uh, maybe you feel that you have a very good reason why certain purity tests in your group are necessary. Right. And if so, write into us, you know, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or uh, go ahead and leave a voicemail for us. That's uh, 424-666-8442. Um, and then, you know, go to the Facebook page, yeah. facebook.com slash Atheist, and come to the Members Only Lounge where you are welcome even if you uh, don't believe in gun control. Uh, <laughs> but be really careful. Well. <laughs> be really careful if you want to talk about that. And yeah. everybody get respectful. Please, you're killing me on this thing. I have to police this thing. Yeah. Respect each other. Or I have to kick you out, and I don't want to do that. And I and it hurts other people's feelings. Where's the love? Come on. Yeah. Why are you hurting people's feelings? Just yeah. discuss things. Um. So anyway, uh, there's that. I, I want to thank Mackenzie for uh, for all of her hard work on the Facebook page, uh, and thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. Thank you, Mark, for filling in for Frank. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Yes, yeah, so it's been great to be here, and I, I hope Frank's project uh, he's working on is successful, and we hope to see him back here soon. Yes, indeed. Uh, and thank you, dear listener, for uh, for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.